Commerce and the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. Let's go! Presenting the world's only business school without the BS with optometrist and entrepreneur Dr. Robert Zellner and the Forest Small Business Administration Entrepreneur of the Year in your ear, Clay Clark. It's the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. Three, two, one. Oh, yes. Boom, 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 and boom. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio, coming in hot. And today, we are talking about the idiosyncrasies of super successful people. When I think of super successful people, when I sit down and I, 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 I form a committee, I make a team, it's a SWAT team, Z, of people. It's, it's, it's a, a board of people. We sit down and we spend copious amounts of time thinking of successful people. The, the one guy that I think of the most is you, and it's almost your birthday, my friend. How it is it, it almost is, but you know birthday. what? i got to call you out on something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I have known you now for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you sit down. Mm. So when you say, I sit down with people, is that more metaphorically? Yeah, metaphorically. Because, uh, because I've never, I don't even know, do you know how to sit? Can I explain to you why I don't sit down? Please, please do. Because most of my income is produced when people don't see me. So as an example, we've got Justin on the show today, Elephant in the Room. You know? What's up? Woo! And the beard. Great, great to be back. I was busy last week. You uh, were busy, yeah, but you're yeah. back. And Justin, you, you're still doing the $1 haircut deal? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we've had to turn away some guys last week, but the $1 haircut for your first visit. is unbelievable. And you know yeah. what I find very ironic, and I've said this before, so if you listen isn't to the show ironic? all the time. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> Don't you think? Is that the dude that's the, the, the main drive behind a men's grooming lounge, yeah. i.e. get your hair cut. Um, I, I've, I've never seen him without a baseball cap on. So if you, go to, uh, if you go to EITRlounge.com mm-hmm. and you schedule your first haircut for a dollar and you walk your way into one of the shops, if you ever run into... The founder, Justin Moore, you're going to notice, you're going to look, look for a guy who works there who's not in a uniform and is wearing a hat. Yeah, and, and he's, got, he's got like these you know, random locks of hair <laughs> extending out from it that are different colors. I mean, mostly blondes in the blonde and brown categories. And, and he's got this beard that's like, you know, it's like a man beard. Kind of mystical. It's, it is. It's magical, It's I a think. man beard, unlike a woman beard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. It's, it's ironic because I tell people, what do you do? What, what's, you know, I give them your email and things like that. And, and I say, I have a men's grooming lounge. Well, here and they laugh. Like, don't, and you must have been mystery it? shopping don't and somewhere else well, and got a horrible haircut, right? Because <laughs> I'm always wearing a hat. Here's. Here is here's the deal. What happens is so for elephant in the room to come up top and Google. If you Google Tulsa men's haircuts or Jinx men's haircuts, there's no like luck to it. But it literally, I get paid to think and then to build those systems. And so when you build those systems. It takes, and you, Justin, you've come over occasionally when I'm in the man cave on the weekend. Oh, it's beautiful. And I'll be in there for like 16 hours in a row. I'm not kidding. I'll be like from 3 a.m. I'll tell Vanessa I'm going there at 3 a.m. and I'll be out at 9 p.m. and I'll make all the the search engine plans for the mm-hmm. month. And Z, for all of our um, Thrive coaching clients, I actually make the business plan. A lot of people are spending thousands of dollars to make a business plan, going to college, get the MBA to make a business plan. We give them the proven path, and each path takes me hours. And so I'm going. If I have to sit all day making these plans and making these search so engines, that's things, when you sit. I am not. Oh. I am not sitting down again. It's not good for your health to sit that much. So I refuse to sit during the day. I just can't stand it. Z, Z I can't stand it. Sitting is the new gluten. It is. It's bad. I mean, I mean, gluten and sitting are pretty much the gluten same thing. Gluten will kill you. Sitting will kill you. Carpal tunnel will kill you. I mean, seeing the su- too much sun could kill you, Z, which I'm not going to die from. <laughs> you're not. You are <laughs> Those are things you're not going to die from. Gluten. Sitting and the sun. Those are those are three. You know, and it's probably added what eighty-seven minutes to your life. Yeah, you know, I don't ex- know. Exactly. Now, Z, I'll tell you this. Now, we're talking about idiosyncrasies of super successful people, and you can, if you want to, during today's show, you have permission 
to share with us an idiosyncrasy. You can put, put yourself out there, be a little vulnerable, something that makes you unique and kind of odd and kind of like most people don't do that. But today we're going we're gonna to teach you the idiosyncrasies of Oprah, Steve Jobs, Winston Churchill, Obama, Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, Michelangelo. It's going to be awesome. So here we go. Steve Jobs refused to get a license plate his entire career. And do you know why, Z? He didn't want. He wanted to beat the government out of some tax dollars. Here's the thing. He he thought that going to the tag agency took his time, which was a hu- like two hours usually. It's a big line. You're waiting in L.A. or you're waiting in Silicon Valley. It takes hours, and he didn't like the experience. He thought they uh, old school computers. Things take forever. Not great customer service. I don't want to go. And so, if you get a chance, we put a link on today's show notes. But there's an ABC news story about this. But what he did is he basically leased a Mercedes, and every six months, on the fifth month, he would get a new one. So he had the provisionary uh, tag you get. So you get a six months to get yourself a new license. Yeah. And he was known for, they can't prove it, but they said known for occasionally taking the marker out and changing the purchase date. Why wouldn't he? But he never got a license plate his entire time that he worked at Apple. Um, and he always parked in the handicap-only spot because he thought there was too many pro rata uh, handicap spots allocated for the number of employees, and he didn't agree with the state of California, so he would always park in the handicap. So that is Steve Jobs right there. Idiosyncrasies. And it's funny, you know, it's, people always think that um, the entrepreneurs that succeed are the ones that follow all the rules. Oh, come on now. And that's, I think, part of the idiosyncrasies of some of these very successful people is, is they, um, they make their own rules. They do. They make- Did I say that out loud? Well, I want to. I want to give the thrivers a. a I want to ask you a question rhetorically, and Z, I want to. I want you to kind of share the answer if you can. But I want to. I want to okay. ask the thrivers the question: Why does everybody work nine to five? Why do you? Why does everybody feel the need? So I worked with a coaching client, and phenomenal guy. This guy, and I said uh, he's back in his sixties, late 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 fifties at the time, and I said, "Hey, what time do you wake up?" And he says, "Uh, two." I said, you wake up at 2 a.m. He says, yeah. I said, what time are you done working? He goes, 9. I'm like, so you work from 2 to 9? He goes, yeah, because I find it more productive when I'm not interrupted. So I'll just work from 2 a.m. And he does a lot of international banking. So he's like, I get up at 2. I do my prayer time. I do my workout. I organize my thoughts. I do whatever. I have a standing meeting with my team every morning at 7 and 8. And then I go home. And I'm like, you're done at 9? He goes, yeah. 8 a.m. Yeah, 9 a.m. And I said, so... Then what do you do next? He goes, well, I love to go golfing with my wife. It's something we do together. I'm like, so you golf with your wife every day? Well, you know, it's like once a week. It's on the calendar. And then, you know, I'll usually go shopping or we'll go up to Utica, walk around. I'll look at houses. Do, do, do the moves. And I, I have two reasons why we everybody is brainwashed into, into working 9 to 5. Uh, why are they brainwashed into working 9 to 5? One, Dolly Parton song. Working nine, nine to, to five. five. What working, a way to make a living. Working nine to five. That's one reason. Nice. Because that song gets in your head and you can't, get, you can't get rid of it's it. It's a subliminal move. It's a subliminal move. Thank and you, the other one is, is FDR. Mm. Uh, one of our past presidents yes. um, actually made that move the move. You know. Okay, so there's a thing called the Fair Labor Act. I think some people say, "What? Why are you Z, bringing up?" Z just said that, and I think he's probably, you know, he's he's probably an eccentric optometrist, and it's probably <laughs> not a fact-checked thing. He's probably, you know, how optometrists are. They are I, I well, words like fair. I thought I saw it. I thought I saw okay, it. Okay, so if you Google, and I'll put this on the show notes. So just go to thrivetimeshow.com and click on the uh, podcast button, and I'll put a link to it right now. But the Fair 
Labor Sta- Standards Act of 1938, uh-huh. the United States in, uh, created this system. What happened is um, a lot of people were saying there weren't enough jobs to go around. And so what FDR decided to do is he said, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, you know, all these multimillionaires, all these super successful people, all these people are working 60 hours. They're working 70. The top, the top earners in the world are working 70 hours a week. They're taking, That's the, not right. they're taking all uh-uh. the hours. Right, yeah. There's, there's only so many hours. So what we're going to do is we're going to implement a minimum wage, uh-huh. which I think you know, made sense because there's a lot of child labor at the time. But he says, and also you're prohibited now from working more than 40 hours because you know the, the thing is we got the, the, the top earners are taking all the hours. So if we just make more hours available, then the bottom feeders, those people will have enough hours. Right, and, and, so pen- cr- and you'll penalize an employer... By working someone more than 40, because then you have to pay them time and a half if they go over 40. But yet, at the same time, I've never met an entrepreneur who's actually ever worked less than 60 hours a week when they started their company. Because, Z, you actually worked seven days a week when you started your business. Absolutely. I mean, I'd worked eight, but they only apparently someone only drew it up to where they're seven. I don't, I don't know why. Now, Robert, I want to ask this because you're a business coach. I want to ask Justin the same question here. As a business coach, um, have you ever run into a client that wants to own a business but work the same hours they did when they were an employee? Have you ever seen, have you ever seen that happen? They want to work the employee hours the same 35 or 40 that an employee would do, but they want to have the success of an entrepreneur when they're starting something. Has this ever happened? It, it Yes, it has happened, to answer the question. And, you know, I think, because I've recently thought a lot about this. Really? I've thought, I, I really have. I've thought a lot about uh, the, the 8 out of 10, you know, uh, statistic according to Forbes. 8 out of 10 businesses will fail. And I've thought about why is that? Is it just because there's a lack of knowledge? Is it because people uh, don't have the right resources? What's the real reason? And I think the real reason is that someone does not have a magnificent obsession and are not able to focus for a duration uh, or, or a long period of time. Now, let me, let me real quick, I want to uh, break you, uh, I want to break down the, the, the tyranny of the, 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 the idea of, of either or or, because I just, and I know that you uh, have thought about this, but I just want to throw out this idea, because I know Z and I, we'd probably agree with this, uh, Z would probably agree with this, but it's both. Because I've been in a place in my life, and Z, maybe you've been there too, where you're just working super, super hard, but you don't know what to do to get yes. unstuck. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're, the work ethic's there. You're going 80 hours a week, but right. you just don't know how to scale. And then there's, so I think it's one, one, not knowing what to do, Z, and then two, choosing not to do it. And sometimes it's either or, sometimes it's both. But it's, I don't think, so I know there's some people who, clients we've had, and I've seen your clients, my clients, people who've come in here, they're working 80 hours a week every day, Z. But it's almost like a form of laziness to not think about how to get unstuck. Right. And, and you know, a lot of people say, I'm working that many hours. And then when you really boil it down, they're not really working. They're, they're hanging out at their, at their place of business. They're, you know, they're there, but they're Facebooking. You know, well, let's, let's do an example. Or they're, let's do oh. an example. If, for your optometry clinic. Okay. All right. Do you go on to Facebook every day and just read the comments? Do you do that? No, I do not. But you could, though. You could spend an entire day doing it. I could. If you Google it right now, if you're at a computer, you Google how many hours the average American, I'm talking about American, is looking at a screen, America. a screen TV, um, and, and or a screen, and it's, it's pushing five hours. 
Now, okay, Google it, Google it right now, Clay. Uh, the average screen time per day. And this is according to CNN. Now, uh-huh. CNN, you know, fake news. Um, well, well, Trump, Trump calls it fake news, and then you know, if you're a Clinton pro CNN network. guy, you might yeah. call Fox fake news. You know, there's a lot of debates here going on. This is and see, this is not a, a, a political show. We're going to build a wall around this subject. For you were a not, no, no politico going on right now. Right. So we're going to wait a second. I'm going to We're going to build fast. a wall and a I'm moat take, around I'm this. Gonna we're going to preach the facts here. I'm going to take a knee to, to being political. The average American is currently ten hours a day. Ten hours a day on their screen, according and five, to and like five hours on TV. Ten hours on the screen, so f- like five on TV, right? Right. And you know, yeah. and, and Robert, you know how hard it is to get anything done when you're working. I mean, Z, Robert, <laughs> Z, how, how, if you were spending ten hours a day on a screen on social media, or you were monitoring the constant social media f- feedback of customers. Could you get anything done in all sincerity? Could you? No, you couldn't. But a lot of people will say, well, I was working today. I worked 10 hours today. And you're like, well, okay, we need to probably break down what you're calling work. They're like, well, I'm, I'm you know, social social media is what it's all about these days. It's oh, not. Yeah. But that, you know, and hey, and I got to monitor this and I've got to I've got to watch this. And this is something that I'm working for the business. And that's not really working for the business. I'm working so. to get a lot of likes. Yeah, I'm working. I'm working. I'm working to get a lot of likes. If it just goes viral. Oh, yeah. Now, this is the thing, Thrivers. If you're listening here today, I want you to think about what do you want your average work day to look like? And what is something in your schedule? For Steve Jobs, it was, hey, look, I'm, a, I'm almost a billionaire, and I am spending my time, three hours of my time, sitting here waiting in line for a place with bad customer service. It would be a better utilization of my time just to have the Mercedes people deliver a new Mercedes every five months so that I would never have to go. And you're going, but yeah, but it's like ten grand of down payment to lease the car. And he's like, that's a better use of my time than waiting at the Department of Motor Vehicles or the tag agency. So you got to think about what right now, what in your schedule, ask yourself, what in your schedule today is the biggest waste of your time? And I remember back in the day, I used to sit at a laundromat for hours. And then Clifton Talbert explained to me that wealthy people do not go to laundromats. Maybe you should buy a washing machine. There's just simple things like that. Think about what is something you could spend a little bit of money on that could give you a lot of your time back. It's the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. Stay tuned. I'm a business coach. We're talking about idiosyncrasies of successful people. Get your mop chop tight at the shop. That's right. Roll up in the driveway and wow your wife. Say no to the bowl cuts. Just say no to the flat top rock in Rocky Foe. Be cautionary about that cut bank Caesar. Or rocking too much gel like you're a Guido Diva. If the elephant in the room is on your head, take the one dollar haircut challenge instead. We invite you out, the founder and me. Your first haircut is a dollar. If you don't like it, it's free. It's the elephant in the room. It's the place to be. You're listening to the Thrive Time Show with Clay and Z. Yeah. And now, for more wallet-expanding knowledge that you don't get in college. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to The Conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio. And to the right of me, to the next to me, it's ecstasy. It is a zika zika z. Sir, sir, how are you doing? It's your it's birthday fabulous. You are approaching a birthday, my man. I, I know, bro, and I'm pretty excited about it. But uh, you know, I love your new hot intros. That is just zika z, zika 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 z. Robert and I formed what we would call a think tank. 
And it took, Robert was it like fourteen hours we spent on on that just just that zika zika zika. Yeah, so so, so plus yeah. or minus. Yeah, we had to review a ton of tracks. We finally found Big Timer Stay Fly. Oh, nice! Which is one of my favorite really you know, hip hop tracks of all time. Oh my god, it's incredible! Now, in all sincerity, Thrivers, but we uh, in, 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 at the Thrive Time Show at the Thrive Fifteen Culture, we get stuff done. We're real entrepreneurs. We get stuff done. We move fast. We get things done. And uh, we, we want, want to give you the best radio show possible. And so we're always making fun, new, hot intros. We have a bunch of new ones coming out over the weekend. Very excited for you to hear the new intros because you deserve the very best in audio excellence. And Z, we pride ourselves on providing business school without the BS. Can you explain what business school without the BS means to you, Dr. Well, Z? Well, b- without the BS is a dual meaning. Because BS is a is a shortened version for bachelor's of science oh, degree. Oh man, that's awesome! I'll write that down real quick. And, and it also is a, is a short acronym for um, fecal bo- fecal bo- units bo- out of a out bo- of a, ca- of a fake bowl. Fake fecal matter. Fake fecal <laughs> matter. Units matter. Units matter. Units matter. Fecals matter. Fecal. Okay, now so we're talking today about idiosyncrasies of super successful people. We just talked to you about Steve Jobs and his refusal to get a license plate. Well, now we're moving on to President Obama, Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, and Dr. Dre. What do they all have in common? Dr. Dre, he launched the Beats headphones. He built Death Row Records before walking away. Um, he was the ringleader for NWA. Um, Steve Jobs, you know, he started Apple. Then he went on to grow Pixar, you know, the movie Toy Story. Basically, every movie that Disney produces is a Steve Jobs Shadow. I mean, Pixar is the is the is the mothership there. Mark Zuckerberg, the guy who started Facebook, the Facebook, uh, the Facebook, formerly called the Face Mash. Um, look into that; <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Then President Obama. Uh, what do they all have in common? Well, let me read you a notable quotable from President Obama, and we'll see if you can figure it out. He says, "Okay, okay. you need to focus your decision making energy. You need to routinize yourself. You can't be going through the day distracted." By trivia, that's that's President Barack Obama. What does he mean by that? What what? Does it, okay, I'll tell you what it is. It's they wear the same clothes every day, and this is what happened for President Obama. He's getting out there to deliver the State of the Union or the big talk. He's talking about Syria. I mean, these are serious situations. I mean, the president of Syria, they're gassing their own people. Crazy stuff. And he has to get up there and talk about what we're going to do with North Korea. I mean, like him or not, he has to make some serious. Uh, statements and not freak people out. I mean, you can't hop on there as the president of the free world and go, "Hey guys, I'm actually pretty nervous about this one." I mean, you can't. You got to be pretty. I mean, yeah, yeah. See, you play poker. I mean, you got to hold your cards pretty tight. You know? Yeah, yeah. Guess what hand I have right now in my hand? Look at my look at my face. What do I have? What do I have? What two cards do I have? So this is what happens: is you can't is guess. Can you're you? left and right. You can't. You can't guess. I can't. I can't tell. I, I, right now, I, I do not know. Well, well, Ben Horowitz. That's what I'm saying. He wrote a book called Hard Things About Hard Things. He's out there trying to raise capital to start his, to grow his company called Opsware. He's trying to raise millions of dollars. By the way, Opsware where was sold for $1.6 billion. And he says he sits down one day at time to ask for an investment check, a pretty large sum from a venture capital fund. And he realizes, oh, no, I'm wearing pants that don't match my suit. And I have a tie that doesn't match either. This is not good. <laughs> and he says that he kept discovering, oh, no, oh, I'm no. wearing shoes, black shoes that don't match my blue suit. Ah! Or, oh, no, it's the fall. I'm wearing... So they, they all decided to wear the same thing every day. And see, I want to ask you, is there something in your life where you've decided to eliminate variables and you're like, you know what? 
so I don't have to think about the same question over and over and over and be asked the same thing from my team over and over and over or to respond to the same email over and over or to get the same. Have you, is there anything in your life where you just said, stop, and I'm just, you're just made a decision one time to eliminate decisions forever? Oh, yeah. I mean, you do that as an entrepreneur because a lot of times, like you said, Clay, you'll find yourself answering the same question over and over and over. And with your team, it's it's important. And, and for me, I mean, I don't wear the same. You wear the same thing every day, by the I way. I do. Yeah. You wear the same. When, when you were in your suit phase, how many of those how many of those suits did you have? A dozen. Six. Six. Yeah. I, you, I just dropped off my clothes at Lamode because Lamode's one of our clients. Yeah. And for Lamode, they have this thing for thirty one dollars. They'll do all your laundry for the week. Wow. And that's incredible. Really? What? Yeah. And it's like for an extra nine bucks, they deliver it to your house. So I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm totally so in. Here's the deal. I do is guys, I don't actually wash my socks. I just buy new socks every weekend. Because I go to the store like once a week, so I just buy new socks every week because it's not worth me asking like, you know, are these done or even washing them? I just buy new socks. And then I have How six many socks are like piled up somewhere. That's what's funny. So I dropped <laughs> off my sweatshirts and my socks and my boxers. And the lady's like, is this like a uniform? And I'm no, no why? And I didn't. And then I realized I'm dropping off of like 400. I'm not kidding. There's like maybe 300 pairs of socks and yeah. then like six of the same outfits. Yeah, and I have I have the, I bought four pairs of the same Adidas shoes at the same time because I just don't want to think about it. You know what? They, now, when did you switch from the suits to the hoodie, to the hat? Well, you've to always the been the soccer jersey guy, right? Right, and I just line them up in my closet. And the next next up, it's and next. You up. and I had a big vision to help entrepreneurs. And whenever whenever you're at the bleeding edge of something, when you say, "Listen, we have a business coaching program that can teach you how to build a business plan." That people spend, by the way, people who spend like 50 grand on business plans. By the way, we'll do a 13-point assessment with you, and we'll send you your business plan within 72 hours, and then our coach will lead you through the promised land. Yeah. When, when we're the first people to do that, those early adopters have to be a little bit crazy. But now as, this, as the success stories have piled up and industry yeah. after industry is seeing success, now people are starting to refer each other, and our, pro, our coaching program's just taken off. And so I wanted to get Elephant in our coaching program to a certain level, and then I'm like, I'm never dressing up again. I'm not doing it. So and then the last thing I dressed up for was your son's wedding, by the way. And that's the last wedding I'm dressing up for. Henceforth, I'm going hoodies at weddings. Really? I think so. Yeah. That's a move. Why not? I, t- I told Vanessa I'm going to dress up out of respect for you, but henceforth, I'm wearing hoodies to weddings. You could have worn your hoodie. I would. I wouldn't have cared. I'd have been like, hey, I'm going to run upstairs and put on a soccer jersey. There let's, you go. Let's do this thing. <laughs> but I'm just saying. I just you know, it's a decision thing, and I, I hated being asked. I hated. I had big presentations. Big meetings, big whatever, going, well, I should dress up today. Well, today I shouldn't. So I just thought, you know, as a default, I'm going to wear a suit. And Justin knows, I'd be like at a birthday party wearing a suit. I'd be at a wedding wearing a suit. I could be like at the golf course wearing a suit. I'm always wearing a suit because it's easier. Well, now I'm just in the hoodie thing, and I'm just no longer dressing up. I'm just, I'm not doing it. I like, I like this hoodie. And you know what? If you come to one of our in-person workshops, we have some of these hoodies for sale. Yeah. You, you could go around and look like Clay Clark every day of the week. You, we've got hoodies for sale. At the in-person workshop, you, we don't but you, we, we don't upsell you, but we have some books and we have some hoodies and some T-shirts for sale. Because I love this logo you, you have, by the way. But you're not you're not being honest, by the way, about about looking like me because my head is so much larger. Like the you could get this sweatshirt, you know, you could get the sweatshirt, but you couldn't get this big of a head. See, I mean, my cranium is like a size what nine and three eighths. Your head, I've said it before, you're kind of like Eli Manning in the NFL. Your helmet's just a little awkwardly larger than the rest of the players. And, and that's kind of how your head is. Yeah, if you were in the NFL, you'd be like, have to wear like an Eli Manning helmet. Stay tuned. Robert Redmond, business coach, has some hot business questions. My name's Clay Clark. I'm a business coach. Stay tuned. Pop, pop, it's showtime. 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 Guess who's back again? Oh, they don't know. Gone time. Oh, they don't know. Gone time. I bet they know as soon as we walk in. Yes, Thrive Nation. Welcome back to the conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former U.S. SBA Entrepreneur of the Year. 
And Z, I like to wear the same thing every day. I noticed though, you didn't let that song play a little. I was kind of, I was kind of, had my little dance moves going on right there. That's a little Bruno Mars, you know. You, I missed. just went and saw him in concert not too long ago, but. You know, I noticed one thing that's missing in your outfit. You've got the hoodie, you've got the hat, you've the, got the jeans. The mic jeans. has your name on it. You see what I did here? I will put your name on the mic. You Boom. see that? Boom. You got the Adidas Boom. shoes, but you don't have any Boom. Cuban links on, I noticed. You I don't, do, you can don't. Can you explain to the audience? I mean, Bruno Mars sings about Cuban links, but I don't think yeah. the average person maybe knows they don't have the knowledge about Cuban links like you do. No one has studied Cuban links well, what? like you. No one brings the alacrity. See, no one brings the alacrity. Mm. to the studying mm. of Cuban links like you do. Alacrity means the excitement mm. to learn something new. Alacrity right. means an excitement to learn something new. Nobody brings the vivaciousness and the alacrity about <laughs> Cuban links like you do. You are That's a big buildup for just a piece of jewelry. But no, 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 no. The Cuban link is it's a, like a C. It's like shaped like, kind of like a C. And you can most of them it's necklaces, but it could be you know it could be bracelets. It could be other other um, pieces of jewelry. But it's a certain link. It's kind of shaped like a C. And it's gold, and you kind of lock them up. And so that's the Cuban link, and it's typically a necklace. And I think that would be a wonderful addition to your daily. What you wear every day. To wear a Cuban link? To wear Cuban links. I seriously agree. Okay. I actually had a client text me a picture. Uh, Z, uh, would you? Z, I've registered at J. David. Okay. For um, what I would call. Your um, man day? No, I, well, I registered for jewelry that I don't need. And, for, and, yeah. and here's for Z's the, birthday. And, well, here's how it's going to work. Yeah, for your birthday, I registered for myself. That's perfect. That's good. And anything that you want to buy me, seriously, no matter what it is, yeah. I will wear it. Yeah, daily? Yeah. Oh, so if you want to get like to the next in-person workshop, if you want to get like adorned with, if you want to get a necklace that says has like a money sign but that says humble, yeah, I'll wear that for you. Most so, humble so, man. I have a question. You know when you go through the mall and you have that that like that kiosk in the middle with all the, the all the jewelry? <laughs> like, fake is that jewelry. where you find the yeah. Cuban links? Is that where you find them? Step like, right up and look at my genuine <laughs> imitation uh, <laughs> exactly. deep, deep sea and ported Tupperware. It's amazing. I sell Tupperware. We sell jewelry. We got it all. We got the sea salt. We help you uh, exfoliate your nails. We got the jewelry. We got the whole. It's a it's a half off. Everything's half off. Ninety percent off. It's ten percent off. You, I pay you today. Today only. Now, so see, any, again, anything you buy at Joel David Jewelry, I will, I will wear every day. A money sign that says humble, I would wear that. I would do it now. Robert Redmond, you have a business coach question. We're talking today about idiosyncrasies of super successful people, but we want to answer all the questions coming in from listeners. And you have a question from an actual business coach client. Break it down. I really do. So I am privileged to work with multiple contractors. And the contractors that I work with, they do really great work. They're honest people. They have a high reputation. A lot of them are starting to get Google reviews. They have great Google reviews. But a problem that I consistently see them have oh. is cash flow. Cash flow. Cash flow. Mm. They start a job. They pay for most of it out of pocket. And then once the job is completed, the customer delays on getting them payment because they only Ooh. accept checks. I have three. I'm going to tee up three, three thoughts, and I want Z to break them down because Z Boom. knows what he's doing. Boom. One is the method man. From the Wu Tang Clan. If, right. I to, if I were to quote the modern philosopher, the Method Man, he says, "Cash rules everything around me. Cream, Cream. get that money, dollar dollar, dollar, dollar bills, y'all." So what he said, "Cash rules everything around me." What he said, "Cash is king." So Z, let's start with that. Cash is king. Why do you, as a builder, not uh, need to operate as a bank? Why, why do you need to operate on the on the cash? Why, why can you not be a bank? Maybe break that down for the guy out there who's extending finance terms. Well, what happens is, is that you see so many times in, in construction, particularly contractors, they come in, they're just excited to get the job. 
they get the job and now boom. they're like they're they've already in their mind going, oh yeah, the profit oh, thing. I boom. got it. Boom. Baby, guess what? I brought him some champagne because you know I got the deal. You know, it's down unbelievable. The, I got this down deal. there at the pier. You know what? The, it's like a the, twenty-seven thousand. The union dollar. gave the union gave me the deal. You know what I mean? The, I, boom. I, I had I, a grease Billy. You know Billy, but uh, you know it's all good. But what happens is it ain't done till it's done. Oh. And, and what that means is that you've got to set up a, a deal to where. So many people are willing to ask for the job. The they're job. willing to go in and, and put a presentation. They're going to give you the It's a the PowerPoint. PowerPoint. Here's when we're going to get it done. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? doing? How, How you, you doing? doing? Everybody's doing good. And they get the job, and then they, I don't know why, but they're afraid to ask for the money. You cannot God. extend payment terms unless you're a bank. You can't right. do it. So you say half down up front to get started. Boom. Boom. And now, and now we may have a couple, three payments, or at least when I get done, I need the full of it. Or you know what? Oh, I didn't quite. I'm not going to get it done until you pay me the rest of that money. Here's an example: uh, Han Appliance. You go there right now. Han Appliance, great place. I just bought some stuff from Han Appliance. I go to Han Appliance. I go to buy my TVs. The guy says, "Hey, do you want to do interest-free payments for 18 months?" I said, "No, I'll just write you a check. Let's knock it out." Boom. So I go to Hot Appliance, I buy the thing up front. Now, if I wanted to do credit, they have a credit through a company called Synchrony Finance. It's not called Han Appliance. It's called Synchrony Finance. It's a third-party bank. And if your credit score is north of about 750, you'll get approved for about a 24-month and with a huge limit. You can get whatever you want. And you can do credit if you want. But the thing is, you, Han Appliance is not in the banking business. They're not the one analyzing my credit. If you're a dentist, one of my dentists I work with, he works with a company called Care Credit. Care Credit. And they say, hey, do you want to finance your veneers? You say, yeah. They said, well, let's see if you qualify. If your credit score is north of about 650, you get credit, they'll knock it out. But, but they're not a bank. If you get in that bank, Z, if you, if you get into the banking business, it's not a good thing. Well, you think about it is I, I've seen business owners all the time say, well, they, they charge me a little bit for that. Yep. I don't take credit cards because I don't have three percent. You jumped ahead. You, you jumped ahead. You oh, I did. Ahead. I did. Sorry. Sorry. Move, I'm jumping. Move, move number two I'm, is, I'm, it, is it costs a lot of money to be cheap about credit card fees. It costs a lot of money to be cheap about credit so card right. fees. See, you're right, because what happens is there's people out there that are in the business of loaning money. They do it every day, i.e. credit cards, i.e. banks, i.e. you know, uh, you know, check cashing I. E. guy in, on in Boston you know, who was I want to I want a payroll you right. know payroll you know and uh, um, the thing about it is is that there's people out there doing that they make a living on it they're good at it they know what they're doing you don't have you know how to build a roof you know how to fix plumbing you know how to put a, a add on a kitchen you know how to do that. And so you do what you do. You bring them. You bring them in. Yes, they're going to charge you a little bit for it. You're going to you're going to take a little bit out the top. Credit cards. You know what? If you're savvy, point and a half. If you're not, maybe three points on the worst. You know. But the thing about it is, you don't have to worry about getting the money. You have to worry about collecting the money. They do all that. And and when you're starting uh. off, particularly when you're starting off, Robert Redmond, making sure you have the cash flow and the money in the bank, money in your pocket, so you can continue on with other jobs. Is extremely important. Third, third thing, and this is something that Justin did. And we come back. I want Justin to break this down about how he did it with Elephant in the Room. Most people do what most people do because poverty is popular. Poverty is popular. Let me let me, let me explain this to you. Most haircut businesses, hair uh, barber shops, hair hair salons, they're empty when it rains. So when it rains, the rain's coming down. Uh, tonight, the weather report looks like uh, tomorrow morning we're going to wake up with a yada yada with a little bit of a rain and it'll be 75 degrees. And these hairstylists are going, oh, no, it's going to rain. We're going to be empty. Well, Justin says, hey, you know what? Let's come up with a membership model 
So we have over 4,000 men who are members. And if you're a member, you're going to come whether it rains or not. But they're like, well, no one else is, no one else is a member. How can you do it? Because these contractors say, well, nobody else charges the client half up front or a third up front. So I don't want to see I don't want to be the first time. one. I don't want to be the first contractor in my niche to charge people a deposit. Z. It, you know what? That is one of the reasons why some businesses don't make it is because they're so afraid to do the right thing. And the right thing is, no, no, you, you've done the hard work. You've gotten the bid. They've given you the job. And now you've got to get the money because you're not working for. I, there's not a lot of businesses that make it out there, Clay, that work for nothing. I'm just, it just, it's a move. It's a movie. You got to make some money. I mean, it's, 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 it's called capitalist. Prop- see, it's called profits. I mean, you, you're such an obnoxious capitalist. Uh, let me tell you what, Thrivers, if you're a business owner and you want to make profits, um, we're going to talk about profits when we come back. My name's Clay Clark. We're talking about idiosyncrasies of super successful people. I'm a business coach, and I encourage you to go to thrivetimeshow.com today to book your tickets for our next in person Thrive Time two day intensive business coach workshop. Back to the Business Coach Radio Show. That's so all-inclusive that Barack Obama and Donald Trump could agree on it if we could just get them in the same room together. Get ready to enter the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. Yes, we can. You're fired. (laughs) See, I always love an audience where you have the one person in the audience who loves to go, I love, I mean, whenever you have an the audience, woo, woo, woo. yeah, it's nice to have the, woo. we've all had like a mother, you're at your baseball oh, yeah. game, you're up to yeah. bat, yeah. you're up to bat, and you're like, and now, you know, batting third baseman from yada yada, number 22, Clay Clark, you get up there, and there's like maybe 50 people in the stands, and your mother's the, woo, and you're just like, you can't even focus on the pitcher. When I played Little League woo. Baseball, the one that got me was always the mom, that, and there was always at least one, mm. and, then, and then sometimes she'd infect another uh, mother, uh. and they'd bring the cowbell. Oh, yeah. Can I get some cowbell? I, I tell you what, Z, Z, I'll tell you what. I got a, I got a fever. I got, mm-hmm. I got a fever. And, yeah. the, and the only possible cure. But I'm a is, doctor, is, so, is so cowbell. Okay, well, I prescribed you. Oh, come on, Z! You can hit it! You can hit it! And then your father is like Wait, an pitch. angry person. You know, yeah. the father, the, yeah. the angry guy. And the, the angry guy is like, Robert, you got to focus. You got to bend your <laughs> knees. Bend your knees. Relax your back. Make sure don't step. You're stepping out of the box. Referee! And you're going, there's not a referee. There's an umpire. Umpire! I swear! I, you know, and you're just like, the, the guy who personally is interacting with every pitch. And then oh, the yeah. mom, and, and he's married to the cowbeller. And they're oh, just yeah. competing. Like, Oh, yeah. She, she, the louder she goes, the louder he gets. I can't even hear myself cowbelling with all that yelling. Umpire! Unbelievable! And then at the game, the game's over. Your team loses yeah, by uh, one you're, run. You're, yeah, you're worn out. You just want to go to Dairy Queen and get a dilly bar. You know, you don't really, you know, you just, you just he, need a dilly bar. And you know dude. what happens is you're trying to get the dilly bar, and the father's like, listen here, kids. We I don't could think have you're won deserved. This, I don't we could have won this game, but the umpire, who's, by the way, like 16 years old, making like, what, eight bucks a game? Yeah, if that. He, he at a dilly bar. He cozied up to the Sand Springs, you know, Sooners. Yeah. You noticed how cozy he was? Oh yeah. My understanding is that he actually went to middle school with that guy's wife. Yeah, exactly. So he's trying to he's trying to screw us over. You're like, he's sixteen. He didn't yeah, go I to middle school. I think he's yeah. Don't be deceived. He does a lot of fish oil. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on. So you literally you... just described my parents, by the way. <laughs> really? Yeah. If you're if you're listening right now, calm down. Just work on Billy's batting stance. Don't yell at the umpires. He's making seven bucks a game. Calm down. I don't know if it's illegal. See, the minimum wage is right? It's seven twenty-five. I mean, I don't even know if you can pay the, the umpire seven bucks a game anymore. I mean, that's well, not even it's a mo- seven dollars plus a dilly bar, which oh, as we know, bar. which as we know is a big incentive. Now we're talking about idiosyncrasies, idiosyncrasies of successful people. And one thing I've noticed about successful people is they view the world the way it is, 
and they say, I don't think it has to always be that way. And everyone else is like, well, it's always been that way. You know, slavery's always been a thing. And Abraham Lincoln's like, no, actually, my thought is we could end slavery. Well, no, but it says, you know, there's parts of the Bible that say you're supposed to not argue with your slave owners, you know. And they're like, calm down. I'm just trying to end slavery. Don't say that, Abe. You're going to get shot. You know, you're going to get shot. You know, people say, hey, listen, maybe if African-Americans could go into the front door of a bank, maybe that seems fair because we are free. Like, calm down, Martin. Martin, you start talking like that, people get hurt. And that's how, that's how things change. You know, Martin Luther, the guy who, who put the theses, Robert Redman, what did, what did Martin Luther do with the, with the, 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 the uh, theses on the door? What did he, he, do? he nailed 95 theses, or basically 95 revisions that needed to be made to Catholic theology on the jo- door of a Catholic church in Germany. So he made, the, he made the argument, he's like, here's the deal. If somebody's already dead, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that, they're, that the people who are alive could buy them out of hell and get them to heaven. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, and offering their women to a priest as an offering. That's not really a movie. This We should probably stop that. They're like, you be quiet, Martin. And so anytime somebody is a defiant one, great recommendation, Ooh. by the way. Did you finish it? No, the Amazon. But one of my favorite video uh, documentaries ever, the defiant ones. Unbelievable. But if, you, if you're anyone who's defiant, they're labeled as weird. And so Justin Moore looks at hair. He says, I've worked for some of the top salons. I've been there. And when it rains or snows, every salon is empty. So the revenue goes up and down like, yo, yo, we're not making any money. So he says, I'm going to make a membership model for men's hair. I'm going to introduce high-end decor. I'm going to introduce a beverage. I'm going to introduce a paraffin hand dip. It's going to be like a country club for men's hair. And we're going to call it the elephant in the room. And so you start this business model. People think you're crazy. Crazy. Break it down, Justin. How did you How did you come up with the idea for memberships? When did it occur occur to you this could be a thing? And now four thousand members later, people are lining up to buy franchises. Break it down. My, my secret was I, I just worked nine to five, just forty hours a week, nothing more. Just oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> we were nine to five. That's there right. we go. Yeah. Oh, nice. FDR. <laughs> there we go. Um, no, no. It took It took a lot more than that, but. Um, yeah, the membership model is, is what we focus on early on because we realize, realize as we grow, we want to be that knowledge, that source for those guys to come back to on a regular basis. But the industry was controlled by uh, shops are closed on Mondays. It's hard to get in. Uh, the scheduling is, is issues. You, you show Old up magazines. Couple hours. Everyone comes like on a Saturday. The weeks During the week, it's, it's no one's there. Stylists who talk to you about their personal drama while you're getting your hair cut. Yeah, oh, that's the best. Yeah. And so, so we wanted to um, create a new standard a for, new. for the haircut experience. So we were very conscious in what we wanted to create, but memberships were, were part of that. Scheduling was part of that. Um, just the mindset, the, the decor, the conversations. So we're very purposeful in, in our training. And I suggest that it, you know we didn't reinvent uh, the haircut. So whatever your business is, you don't need to reinvent it, but you need to create an experience. You need to make it different if it's customer service, if it's the follow-up over... Uh, time, whatever it is, if you're in roofing, if you're in dentistry, whatever it is, make it unique. And you don't need to follow the same thing that everyone else is doing. Yeah, you got to find your it's niche. True. You have to find the open parking space in the parking lot. It doesn't make sense. If you're, going, if you're going to Target today and the parking lot's full, it doesn't make sense to, to, to uh, drive, Z, drive your Hummer into a, a p- spot that's already full. And go, I'm going to drive my Hummer through it. I'm going to park right here by the door. I'm going to park it. And you're just ramming the car in front of you. It makes more sense to look for the open parking space. Zeke, can you speak to this importance of finding your niche and not trying to just, you're going to run right over the competition. Somebody's already parked that old lady in the Buick. We just ram her car, just boo, 
Boom. You know, why, why do you have to look for an open parking space? Well, the thing about it is, Clay, it's, you know, when people have a, an idea, when people have, they found a problem, they're going to solve it. You mean they're like, just like Justin was saying, you know, it's hard for me to get in. It's hard for me to, to I, I want my haircut on a Monday. It's hard for me to boom, 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 boom. Read so, old magazines. And just like just like Justin said, he didn't. You didn't invent the haircut. I thought you invented it. You didn't. Close, <laughs> close. Hey, close. Let, yeah. me, let me tell you, somebody who's unethical. You're unethical, Z, because Ooh. you're open on Sundays Ooh. and Saturdays, what? and people cannot have eye eye problems. I can tell you this. It is a it is a it, there is unethical it, as as a person who's not an optometrist, but one who sides with everybody else who thinks you're wrong. Because I that's what I do. Uh, as an apologist for every doctor who wants to be closed on Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays, it's not ethical to see people and to help the human eye see well on a weekend or at night. And second, it's not ethical to only charge $99 for the first exam because you're a bottom feeder. Well, here's... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on. I'm a catfish. You know what I mean? People Come. say that stuff. Do they not? Come noodle me. Come on. That was one of the problems I saw is that, you know, people would go to the lake on Saturday. Saturday. And their glasses would fall off their heads Saturday. at the bottom. Saturday. Breaking my glasses out the lake, something. They were noodling, is what they're doing. They're noodling, yeah, noodling. trying to get catfish. And so people would lose a contact. People would lose their glasses at the bottom of Lake uh, of the Ozarks or Grand Lake. Thank you for or calling Doctors Whatever Office. We're closed on the weekends, but we're open on Monday to serve you. But we're closed all weekend. All the time. So just be blind half of, with half of yeah. your vision all weekend because we're ethical. And you shouldn't have lost your glasses on Saturday at the That's, lake. You're unethical. Thank you. Leave a message at the beep, beep. By the way, we like to end at 4 o'clock on most days. And so the, if you ever had an eye problem at 5 o'clock so Yeah, Monday, we have extended hours, Clay. We're oh, open on the weekends. The and, ethics. And people people come in and they love it because oh. it's a, because when somebody needs glasses, when someone you know needs to see, and it's a Sunday, where are they going to go? Who are you going to call? You don't even care about other optometrists. Boom. Who are you going to call? Dr. Z. Dr. Z. Who are you going to call? call? Dr. Z. That's, that's, that's I was at the to. lake. And I lost my glasses. Who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? Dr. Z. Unbelievable. And so that's what we did. We, we saw that, you know, hey, it's underserved on the Sundays. Because you're a bottom feeder. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean that's what that's what people do. You though. want people no, to noodle off you? No, because because I'm a capitalist, and I and no really because I love people. Have you been attacked for this ever before by oh, other yes. optometrists? Of course. What's of course. the worst thing you've been called, or the worst thing that's happened to you as a result of I you? I can't tell you the worst. Complete thing. honesty. Really? Come on, come on, please. I can't tell you, but come on. It's just between a, you and me and all the radio. Hey, all the one guy called me a poo poo face. <laughs> <laughs> You poo-poo face. Has, it, poo has it ever hurt your feelings, the fact that all your colleagues are really not colleagues anymore, probably? So, so I have a question. Yeah. I, no, no so, I, so, I got over a long time ago. Okay. So what happens in this situation, though? Because it's true. Um, correct me, Dr. Z, maybe you know a little more about this, but in Oklahoma, you can't sell, you have a car lot, you can't be open on Sundays. No, well, that and that's a law, and so you have to abide by the laws, and so it's uh, called blue, the blue laws, and all the car guys got together and said, hey, listen... <laughs> Let's just all make a, you know, I don't want to work on Sundays. You want to work on Sundays? No, I don't want to work. So let's make a law that none of us can work on a Sunday. <laughs> and if optometry was the same way and I couldn't be legally open on a Sunday, I wouldn't be. But you know what? We don't have those same laws. I can be. And you know what? I choose to be and I'm going to be. You know? I think we should open a car dealership and just only be open on Sunday. 
Really? Well, you'll, go, you'll pay, the, pay the fine. Just pay the fine. But it's but Clay, most most of my haters though like to play the religious cards. You know, they're kind of like, I can't believe you know. It's Why aren't you more like Chick Fil A and you know all the oh, you know the good guys and the guys that you know? People should be blind be on happy. Sundays. Just be Hosp- happy and be, you know. Hospitals are closed on Sundays. Get with the re- get I mean, with the group. Get with the rest of everybody. Can't you see what's going on? I here? know an ER. If you had a heart attack on a Sunday, they would not treat you. I know that's a fact. <laughs> I read that on a I read that on a blog. I was on a blog. That's okay. That's okay. I read that on a business coach blog about heart attacks. 